sisters and brothers in Christ. This morning we begin, if you are following along in the catechism reading schedule, we begin reading the second of Luther's six chief parts of Christian doctrine. We begin to read the Apostles' Creed. As such, our text is really only one sentence long this morning. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. And as we examine Luther's answer to that question, what does this mean, let me say something about why I absolutely love what Luther did in 1529, when he wrote this book of questions and answers, right? He made Christian doctrine personal. Catechisms, you see, in those days were used to teach children questions. They didn't have books. They would have a question that the teacher would ask, and then they were to memorize or recite the answer. That's how learning was done. And when Luther created this little book of questions and answers for teaching children, he found out what? He found out that the adults needed it just as bad as the children. As a matter of fact, he found out that the pastors, the pastors needed it as much as the children did. So do all of us, by the way. I love this little book, Luther's Small Catechism. It's a beautiful doctrine, document. I love it when Luther takes these six chief parts, and originally Luther only had three, Ten Commandments, the Apostles' Creed, and the Lord's Prayer. And then later on he added the two sacraments and confession. I love it because in every one of those six chief parts of Christian doctrine, Luther makes a very personal witness of his own faith to you and to me. He doesn't begin the explanations with words like these. In the Christian church, we believe God made everything. He would have been correct to say that, but he didn't. Instead he says, I believe that God made me, that he has given me, that he protects and he defends me. Beautiful, personal witness. The first article of the Apostles' Creed ascribes the work of creation to the first person of the Holy Trinity. Now in the rest of the scriptures we learn a lot more about our origins, especially Genesis 1 and 2 tells us a lot about creation, the beginning, you know that's what the word Genesis actually means, the beginnings. And the Bible teaches us how he did it. Here's how he did it. He spoke. That's it. That's how he did it. Sometime before time, God created the visible and the invisible. Uh, that means the material world and the spiritual world. And that spiritual world included spiritual beings. We call them angels. And in that spiritual realm, although God reveals very few of the details, there was a war that took place among the angels. A rebellion, if you will, led by the devil himself. And they were cast out from the presence of God. And in this moment before time, God also then created the visible, although he reveals very little of those details either. But he makes it clear that when he spoke over that which was formless and empty and dark, in six days he set the clock in motion. There was evening and morning the first day. There was evening and morning the second day. And then came the atmosphere, and then came land and water, and all the stars and the planets and the galaxies, and birds and fishes and animals. And you know what? It was all good. But God is a spirit, and his desire was to create humans and give to them only 
a spirit so that he could get personal with his creation. And that's why at the end of his creative week, he made the crown of his creation. He made humans. And this was all good. And at this point in my sermon, I know there are some of you who are saying, you're making this too simple, preacher. Give us more details about how this all happened. We want to know about evolution. And we want to know about six days, 24-hour days, or were they eons? And what about dinosaurs? And are there living people on other stars? And why that forbidden tree in the middle of the garden? And, and I'm not going to speak about any of those things. Because God didn't reveal all those details. Matter of fact, if he would have, you and I wouldn't have it, understood it anyway. He only told us what he knew we needed to know. And here it is. The creation had a beginning when God spoke and it came out of nothing. That's what we need to know and that's the first important lesson contained in the first article of the Apostles' Creed when we confess, I believe in God, the maker of heaven and earth. That's it. And then a second truth that is also spoken in that little one sentence that this Creator is our Father Almighty. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. I told you, the Creator wanted a personal relationship with the crown of His creation. And He went to great lengths to set humans apart from all the rest of His creation by breathing into them only the breath of God. Let us make them in our own image. God watches over His creation. He guards it protects it, preserves it, loves it, sustains it. I love this picture from the Bethel Bible series. You'll see it there. The, the man and woman are standing there on the top of creation uh, as the crown of God's creation. And then look if you can and see the hands of Almighty God. Yeah, I know he's got the whole world in his hands. You know that song we used to sing. But look more carefully. As a matter of fact, let's zoom in. And when we do, we see that his wrists are chained to what he has created. When a Swiss watchmaker finishes putting together a masterpiece, a Rolex watch, he puts it in a nice box and sends it off to some unnamed jewelry store halfway around the world, and that watchmaker never sees that Rolex again. That's not the way Father God did with his masterpiece. In Luther's explanation, he spends very little time talking about the creation of the world. The important part of Luther's confession is how God ties himself, chains himself to what he has created. Luther says he created it all and he cares for it. The welfare of the universe does not swing upon the precarious hinges of fate or of chance. God who made the heavens and the earth still governs the creation. Now again, some of you might be saying, yeah, preacher, again, you're making it too simple because when I look at the world, it doesn't seem like he's doing a very good job governing this polluted, messed up world. Economic inequity, division, abundance of resources that are wasted in the landfill, and within miles there are starving children. I don't get it. Where is God? 
when a tornado destroys a whole neighborhood or when an earthquake destroys a whole community, huh? When wind and fire and flood bring what we call natural disasters upon God's creation. They were not natural at all in the beginning. How does human reason wrap up the truth that Luther speaks of in the first article when he says he made it and he still cares for it? And that means all of it, by the way. Even the non-human part of it. Remember the Sermon on the Mount that I read earlier from Matthew chapter 6? About Jesus taking care of the birds of the air and the grass of the field? Or how about the psalmist reminding us, the eyes of all look to you and you give them their food in due season. Huh? You open your hand and you satisfy the desire of every living thing. You know, we humans can plant a potato, but we can't make a potato grow. That's God's business. And by the way, God cares, uh, even unbelievers he cares about. Unbelievers can plant potatoes too, right? And an unbeliever's garden prospers just as well as yours does. In his explanation to the fourth petition of the Lord's Prayer, and by the way, you'll get a whole sermon on this in a week or so, Luther reminds us, God gives daily bread to all of us, even to the wicked. What we pray for in this petition of the Lord's Prayer is that we might receive God's abundance with thanksgiving. Indeed, since sin has entered God's perfect design for caring, the distribution of care becomes corrupted with sin. It's not the way God planned it. Yet the Father still cares. Oh my, does he care. Luther goes on to say, He gives me clothing and shoes, food and drink, house and home, wife and children, land, animals, and all I have. He richly and daily provides me with all that I need to support this body and life. When I point this way, by the way, that's where the slide appears on the screen for those people that are worshiping with us. How does the Father do this? God uses this entire creation to care for you and me, including angels, yeah, parents, they take care of us, government, the land, weather, plants, animals, birds, fishes. He told us to have dominion over all of them that he has given to us. Care for it all. Subdue it. What a plan. What a plan. And the Creator Father cares for his creation so much, as a matter of fact, that he redeems. The word means buys us back from the evil one by sending his only begotten Son. And that's the greatest part of God's caring. God is not done when he makes a potato grow. Luther says he goes way beyond that. He makes faith in your heart grow. He defends us against all danger, Luther says. Guards and protects us from evil, from the evil one. It is not only our physical well-being that Father God is interested in. It is also, and maybe most importantly, it is our spiritual well-being that he cares about. And the most extraordinary care the Father has for his creation, his creation that has fallen into the pit of self-seeking sin, is to send his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. The great Christmas verse from Galatians chapter 4 says it another way. It says, When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born under the law, to redeem, that means to buy back. By the way, Wednesday, 
little advertisement here. Wednesday in our Lenten services, either at noon or 7 o'clock, we're going to be up to the second article which talks about redemption, and I'll refer to the great redemption window we have in our sanctuary. He's born under the law to redeem those of us who failed with his law. Why? That we might receive the adoption as his children and that we might call him Abba, Father. He's our dear daddy, God, through faith in Christ Jesus. I believe in God the Father. He's my Father who created the heavens and the earth. And then Luther concludes with these words. All of this he does out of fatherly, divine goodness and mercy without any merit or worthiness on my part for all which it is my duty then to thank and praise, serve and obey him. Right? Four simple words. Thank, praise, serve, and obey. And that becomes application for us today. Thank him. This week as you consider your creator, Father God, remember that the God who made the visible and the invisible wants a personal relationship with you. He not only made you, but he is there for you in every way. Thank him, praise him. This week as you receive the good abundant life, huh? I have given you life and I'll give it to you in abundance. My, do we ever know about the abundance of God in this wonderful land in which we live? Remember to praise him for that perfect gift of creation that got corrupted from selfish sin, including your own sin, by the way, and mine, and that he sent his only begotten son. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Thank him, praise him, serve him this week as you remember that Jesus came not to be served but to serve and give his life. You are called upon also, I am called upon, to give without counting the cost, right? With no thought of any return, to deny ourselves, pick up our cross and follow Jesus, to love one another, to seek and to save especially the lost to thank him, praise him, serve him, and then finally obey him. If uh, you have been reading along, uh, you finished yesterday with the close of the commandments. We've had a wonderful journey through the Ten Commandments of God, and we've learned what the holy will of God is for our lives. And now we are called upon to joyously obey the Father God who created the heavens and the earth. And then Luther closes with, this is most certainly too, which is uh, Luther's way of saying, Amen. May the peace of God, which passes all human understanding, keep our hearts and minds with Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen. Let us pray. Lord God, great Father God, we praise you today. You are a good, good Father. We praise you, O Lord, that you not only made us, but you care for us. You care for us, each one of us, personally, that you would give your only begotten Son, even if we were the only sinner on the face of the earth. That's the kind of God you are. You loved us so much. And we offer up today, O oh Lord, good, good Father, we offer up our praise. Please rise and let's sing, Good, Good Father.